This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Jacqueline Carter for the show. Jacqueline will talk about why being a caring person and an effective leader are not mutually exclusive. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. I am really excited to dive into a delicious conversation about this because I fully agree with you that compassionate leadership is a game changer in the world. And not only are you an author, but you're in the trenches in organizations helping leaders and helping companies make positive change. But I want uh, I want you to take us back a little bit and and help our global audience understand how you first became aware of compassionate leadership and why this matters. Well, absolutely. We have been on a journey actually for the last uh, ten plus years. We've had the privilege of being able to work with leaders in global companies, and it is something that has come up again and again. The fundamental challenge for leaders is how to do hard things in a human way. So examples of hard things, you know, we have to give people tough feedback or tell them this project got canceled or we have to close this plant. And one of the things that we've seen in our journey is that when human beings are faced with doing those hard things, they sometimes have reactions that aren't necessarily very helpful. They might avoid doing the difficult thing because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. They might want to say, okay, I've just got to close my heart and just do the dirty job and and not create that, that sense of care and connection. And so this was really why we wanted to focus on how can we help leaders bring both that care that we believe all people have and at the same time have the wisdom to be able to to get things done, which is so critical for all leaders today. And let me ask Jacqueline, do you think the world, let me, let me back up. The world has changed as a result yes. of the pandemic that that's clear, but do you think our sense of humanity and compassion and ability to be empathetic leaders has changed as a result of the pandemic experience? 100%. And I have to say that I am, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in some ways grateful. I don't think any of us would want to relive the pandemic, but I think one thing that it has enabled us to do it's enabled us to be more vulnerable with each other. It's enabled us to put our mental health and our well-being and our safety up to the front of the, the agenda for so many companies. I mean, you know, a couple years ago, well-being was not something that every organization was putting top of mind and talking about at the C-suite level. And now it is. And I think that this is a tremendous opportunity for us as we see now, hopefully getting to the other side of the pandemic, of course, still facing many global challenges. But I think organizations and certainly individuals are saying, I want to be part of an organization that cares about me. And that's that's important to me. And the cool thing I think is, is that what we know from a scientific perspective is that when people feel connected, when people feel cared for, guess what? They're better employees. They're more creative. They're better to their customers. They're better colleagues. They're better team team members. So I think that what we're seeing is a real fundamental change in how we see compassion in organizations. And what I'm excited about is I don't think there's any going back. I think that it's only moving forward from here. That's that's excellent. I'm so glad to hear you say that. So I want to frame this up because the book is called Compassionate Leadership, How to Do Hard Things in a Human Way. And I, I believe that 
we all have the opportunity to be leaders, whether we have the title or the rank or the salary. Leadership is a mindset and a behavior. So I think your book is applicable to everybody. Any thoughts there? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is uh, It is very much applicable to everybody. I think that we all have the opportunity to bring more compassion into our organizations. The reason why we specifically focused on leaders is because it is often the role, as you rise up in the ranks, one of the things that comes with the privilege of being able to lead others and lead teams is that then you need to make decisions that can be hard for people. And so that's why we really wanted to focus on specifically what it means for a leader to have to step into that experience of doing hard things, but doing them in a human way. Beautifully put. So let's get tactical because I love that the book has very specific action steps and ideas that one can put into action. Let's talk about giving bad news. I don't know anyone that enjoys that, but there's there's a better way to do it. And I love the clarity that you bring to this. Tell me more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I said, what the first thing that we saw is recognizing that when we have to deliver bad news, we all have default ways of responding to that. And then we also have ways of responding to that depending on the situation. And so one of the first things is to recognize what is your default pattern when you have to give a friend, a team member, you know, maybe your leader, um, tough feedback Um, what's your natural default response? And what we know is that our natural default responses can be either to avoid doing it because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, It's either to do it, but do it in an unkind way. Um, Or perhaps it's to do it in a way that's really ineffective because we're not really paying attention and we're, we're allowing our own biases to get into a way of us being curious about what would be the best way forward. So I think that that's really it. The first thing is to understand things that get in the way and then to make the set the intention. Okay, I have the intention. I want to be able to deliver this news, but I want to be able to do it with wisdom and with compassion. Um, And then with that, uh, what we talk about in the book and what we found and we do this with with leaders in programs uh, with uh, with many of our organizations is a simple four step process that we call the flywheel of wise compassion which is really to help us step through the journey of being able to to do deliver tough feedback or other things that are hard. And uh, just to walk you through it, uh, the first step is to to caring presence, which is really about being grounded, being here, setting intentions, making sure that you have that intention to be of benefit. Uh, The next step is caring courage, which is really about taking the the risk of of being willing to step into something that's difficult. And we talk about that in terms of caring over comfort. Uh, The next step is caring candor, making sure that we say what needs to be said, that we're direct, that we're that we're clear. And the fourth step is caring transparency, which is about after you deliver the message, making sure that you're vulnerable and you're open to the feedback, you know, and and ensuring there's clarity, because just because what I said doesn't mean that's what you heard. And so really creating the opportunity for conversation. So that's the uh, the journey that uh, that we found to be really effective for people. I so appreciate all of those tenets, but especially transparency, because I think in my experience as an executive coach, people appreciate the honesty, the authenticity, the transparency, even if the message is is difficult to hear, they appreciate that it's not sugarcoated and that they have all the information. Exactly. And I think that's really it. And I think the other aspect that we look at in terms of transparency is also when they can see you, when when they can see that you are there, you're giving a difficult message, but they can see 
know, that you do care. And, and that's really, you know, bringing that authenticity to the table. And oftentimes, one of the things that that we believe is that when people feel like they have to put on a suit of armor to be a leader, you know, I've got to put on my mask, you know, I've got to be the tough, you know, driven leader, they miss the opportunity to bring their own humanity to the table. And when people see that, they feel that. And, and I think that's also a big part of transparency is, is being you and, and, and daring to care. It's, it's a good thing. I like it. Daring to care. So you also write beautifully about wise compassion. Tell us more about that. Yes. So essentially, when we talk about wise compassion, it's really bringing together this idea of of also what we talk about, both and leadership. We know that if we were just to come out and say, okay, everybody's got to be more compassionate. Well, that's really only one side of the table for leaders today. We know that, yes, we need to bring that genuine care, that concern, um, creating space for people, making sure that people feel supported. And at the same time, we also know that, that we've got to bring wisdom to the table. And by that, I don't mean being smart. I really mean the, knowing what needs to be done, being able to look at the data, being able to look at the situation, look at the market, look at the team, and being then really having the courage to be able to step into those hard things but knowing that it's in the long term, it's in the best interest of the team or in the long term, it's the best in interest of that person's development. So really, when we talk about wise compassion, it's really about these two things needing to come together as a both and not as an either or. Jacqueline, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. You know, I was recalling when you said right before the break that when you see people and you deliver that message with authenticity and transparency, it's been a challenge to develop those authentic relationships virtually. And yes. that happened out of necessity during the pandemic. But many work environments have flipped to remote 100% or a hybrid. What yes. are your thoughts there about virtual compassion, if you will? Yeah, exactly. I'll just say right up off the bat, it's hard. It is much more difficult. Human beings, we're social beings. We feel each other before we hear each other. And for us, this you know grand experiment that we've had, for many of us who have had to be remote, it has negatively impacted our ability to feel connected with other human beings. That's, you know, I don't, you don't, I can show you the research, but probably didn't need to see the research to know that that was true. And now as we're looking at this next step forward in our organizational working lives, where we are seeing most organizations working towards different versions of what hybrid might look like, it is going to continue to have to be hard to create that sense of connection and care from a distance. What we see in our work is that you got to be even more intentional about it. You have to find the time to be able to check in with people. If you have a meeting where some people are in the room and some people are online, make sure those people online don't feel like second class citizens. You've got to look at issues of, of equity, people feeling like, okay, I'm not in the office. Does that mean I'm not going to get that next promotion or I don't get that opportunity for the mentoring or coaching from my boss? 
So the key thing is it is hard. Recognize that and be intentional about creating those opportunities for connection. One of the big things that we're doing with a lot of organizations today is looking at when people do come together, it is so precious making those opportunities to really connect. One of the things that we do is we invite people to digitally detox and just really support, you know, team building activities, being present with each other, really relishing relishing in that that precious opportunity to connect in, as a team. Um, but it's got to continue all the time, even when you're virtual. Thank you for that. I appreciate the the uh, lens of equity there. That That's really important. So thank you for emphasizing that. So Jacqueline, the next bit in the book just resonated with me so much. I, I talk about this a lot. I have uh, written about the busy brag and you talk about how busyness yeah. kills the heart. So yes. let's hear it. Yes, yes, yes. No, this is, uh, it's so interesting, right? And we we write about this in the book. And this is something, you know, if so, if you and I met on the street, and you asked me how I was doing, and I said, I'm not busy at all. You know, I have all the time in the world. I feel like I have so much space in my life. You would not think I was a successful professional, like right, like that would just be your immediate reaction. It's like, oh, well, you know, she's certainly not going anywhere in her career. And so it's so interesting that we have this mindset. I think, uh, and this is globally, is that you know it's good to be busy. You know, and we always have to have a lot going on. But we know that busyness costs. When we're busy, we're not paying attention. We're not able to bring the best of ourselves to to the work environment, let alone that the stress that it creates for, you know, we know that right now, you know, we're we're experiencing a a global sleep epidemic where we're so busy, we can't quiet our minds. So we can't do what we need to do at night, which is get a really good night's sleep. And so what we're seeing, and especially from a compassion perspective, is that busyness is not our friend when it comes to being able to be present with somebody, you know, like, you know, if, if, and it, and busyness is not just about, you know, having lots to do, it's having lots in your mind. Like right now, you know, if, if we were face to face, which, uh, which unfortunately that we're not, but you would be able to see whether or not I was really paying attention to you in this moment. You can feel that. And if I'm, if my mind is busy, even if I'm trying to be here in the room but I'm somewhere else, you would feel that. And it costs us. It it costs us. People can feel when we're not present. And it also costs us in terms of our own health. So true. And and a great segue to what you write about. So beautifully, be here now. And I, I love this phrase from the book, mindfulness enables compassion. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, what we've seen is that you know, training the mind, and that's really what mindfulness is. Many people have have misconceptions about mindfulness. They think it's about inner peace and being able to be totally still and maybe spacing out. But for us, mindfulness is really about training the mind to be able to manage your mind in order to be be here now, to be able to be in this moment, to be able to have a little bit of sense of groundedness, to be aware if your mind is really busy, mindfulness training helps you to be aware that your mind is really busy. So you can say, okay, what can I do to clear that mental clutter so that I can be more present? And what we found conclusively in our research is that when leaders can be here now, can use the tools of mindfulness to be present in this moment, people feel it. And that enables us to be able to be not only more compassionate, but we also found that enables us to bring more wisdom to the table too. I love it. I love it. 
Jacqueline, in your work at Potential Project, you are in the trenches working with leaders and global companies around the world. And the, the next message that I pulled from the book is direct is faster. And of course, we can learn from your extraordinary book and understand that message. But I believe as a coach, you got to practice that. You've yes. got to learn how to deliver that message. So help our audience understand what direct is faster means and also how you might work with clients to really help them learn this practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that I will say, and we talk about this more in the book, and this could be a whole nother podcast that we do together, um, but there are cultural differences. We have to be very sensitive around direct is faster in a North American context could be very different than in an Asian Pacific context, for example. And so we do need to take that into consideration. But essentially, the idea being is, and I'll just, you know, give a scenario for, for the listeners out there, you know, have you ever had the experience where, you know, your team lead came by and said something to you? And afterwards, you were sitting there going, did I just get feedback? It's not It's not clear. Like, have you ever had that experience? It's like, did I do something wrong? I'm not right. sure. And I think we've all had that experience because sometimes as leaders, we're not direct about what it is that we want to say. And we need to have that candor, which is so, so, so important to not beat around the bush if there's a message that you need to deliver and not sandwich it. And I think that's the other thing that we've seen is, you know, when people say, oh, you know, you give, tell somebody something good, then something bad, then something good. People completely think you faked the two things that were good because all you really wanted to tell them was how they weren't doing well. And then they miss the opportunity to also have the opportunity to get feedback that's positive. So direct is faster is about if you have a message to deliver, take into consideration the cultural context, which is important. Make sure, you know, you prepare, make sure you create the right environment, the right setting. Um, and be direct about it. You know, bad news needs to take the the elevator. Is one of our as uh, one of our the interviewees that we uh, the one of the C suite executives that we talked to. You make sure that you are direct with it. You know, it really reminds me that this takes practice, and we yes. need to learn and flex new muscles and develop new skills and techniques. And, and again, that's why I love the book because it's it's practical and it it serves as a guide. But you talk about how the only way is through. Yeah. So tell me more. Yeah, well, absolutely. And it was one of the things that was really interesting. So we had the privilege of, you know, being able to interview over 350 C-suite executives. And, you know, these are CEOs of like global companies, like the CEO of Ikea, the CHRO of Microsoft, you know, the, the CEO of McKinsey. So these are global, global companies with big, big roles. And one of the things that we asked them was we said, why did you agree to be interviewed for this book? And they said to us, almost all of them was because, you know, I'm still learning how to do hard things in a human way. And that was so inspiring for us because it is a journey. It is something, you know, just when we think we figured out. And of course, many of these leaders have really got some really good tools and figured out good ways to approach it. But there's always more that you can learn. And that's why we really looked at it from the flywheel concept that this is something that we can continue to develop. The first time you try it, you might fail. You might not be that good at it, but be curious, ask for feedback, ask for support, and it is developmental. And we can and we will get better so long as we have that curiosity and willingness to continue on our own development journey. 
Jacqueline, your enthusiasm is infectious and I'm so grateful for you. I learned so much today. I want to tell our global audience exactly how to buy your book. It's called Compassionate Leadership, How to Do Hard Things in a Human Way. And of course, it's available on Amazon and at all major book retailers. Jacqueline Carter, thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the work that you do in terms of supporting people and creating their best life. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jacqueline. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Clara McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.